We're on a mission from God. And now for something completely different. This is Pastor Jolly John Lekomsky. And this is Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark. And you are listening to uh, Wrestling with the Basics. Uh, Matt, and I know it is the Lenten season now, and, and uh, usually we, we try to not, not be so humorous during the Lenten season, although I suppose people would say that's probably true of us any time of the year. And we're not that <laughs> It's not that any humorous. different. No, yeah, uh, but I'm sorry. I, I do have to give a, a dumb joke here, uh, and, it, and it is a pure act of nepotism. I, I, I really apologize for that. But my grandson, my grandson, texted me a joke, and I just have to share it with you. So, so are you ready? I'm ready. How could you pass that up, John? Yeah, I, I know. And he, he texted it to me. You know what I'm saying? How often does your grandson text you a joke? That's he says, great. "What do you call? What do you call someone who doesn't like German people?" Ooh, I haven't heard this one. I don't know. What do you call him, John? Uh, a germaphobe. A germaphobe. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, "I." He says, "I came up with this one myself too." And, wow. and, and Why I want to? Wow, yeah. So they, he didn't. He said, "Yeah, no." He made this up, and what made me feel good as, as a grandfather is to know that my my rather astute sense, my very very uh, uh, wonderful sense of humor, uh, has been passed down not just to my son. But also to the next generation, my grandson, and it, and it makes you proud as a grandfather to see, you know, that this very uh, intelligent uh, humor that I have that that's been passed on to yet another generation. That's right. That's great. <laughs> so, <laughs> KFO rejoices with you, John. <laughs> right. Oh boy, more so, jokes are coming. So, so one one more story. So, so I'm with my granddaughter Lauren, and she says I'm not feeling too well. I think I'm pale. And I said, Well, if you wouldn't have that bucket on your head, and I said, You get it, bucket pale. And she she kind of grunted and crumbled. And I said, Hey, hey, this is as good as it's going to get. And her answer was, I know, Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> I know, Grandpa. <laughs> Put down by my twelve year old granddaughter. <laughs> So, oh, d- deep I, down I inside, know. they love it, John. They love they're laughing on the inside. I just know it. <laughs> well, at least one of my grandchildren is is going in the same steps that I've gone in. So, so we we can rejoice in that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it is the season of Lent. We do have more important things to do rather than just dumb jokes. Um, although we're going to actually backtrack. Uh, to something that happened right before the scene of Lent started. And and what is it that you wanted to talk about today, Matt? Well, I'd like to talk about uh, the transfiguration. Transfiguration, because like you alluded to, John, this is sort of uh, a big moment, a big event that happens uh, right before we talk about Lent. And really, when you think about it, when you look at the, the biblical text and the gospel text, uh, this is kind of a, a, a literally a high point, right, in Jesus' ministry. But it says Jesus begins to then, yeah, set his face toward Jerusalem. And from here on out, then 
um, we really start to focus on Jesus going to Jerusalem, preparing for for those events of Holy Week, um, Palm Sunday, Good Friday, and, and of course Easter as well. So it does make sense that we take some time to take a look at this as we begin that that journey in the season of Lent uh, this year as well. So that's uh, that's what we'd like to take a look at today. Um, so is but, there uh, uh, there's there several versions of the Transfiguration. Uh, what what uh, which of the accounts are we going to work with, Matt? So let's yeah let's look at Matthew. Let's look at Matthew chapter seventeen, beginning with verse one. Yeah, I think uh, let's let's zero in on that. And before we before we get into that, John, um, just a little uh, quiz for you and, and for our listeners. Oh, no, um, it, it's it's. <laughs> <laughs> it's name that disciple. All right. So you ready? Name that disciple. Some, okay. All right. Give you cool. some clues and see if you can name that disciple. Okay. And, oh, and, I, do I need, anyway, do I need to go. press a buzzer or anything? So do I need to bu- press it? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. You can buzz in okay. whenever you want. Do I need to um, buzz in? Okay. So all right. it's a disciple of Jesus. So you got a one in 12 shot already, John. So you know, how hard <laughs> okay. can it be, right? Um, so, All right. <laughs> so uh, th- this disciple uh, w- was called by Jesus while he was fishing in the Sea of Galilee. All right. All right. That, well, now that, now we've brought it down to four. That okay, narrows it down a little bit, right? Yep. Um, yeah. 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 This disciple has a a brother named Andrew. Beep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, John. More, name that you, disciple. Did I interrupt you too soon? No. No. But that's it's, all right. It's it's Peter. It's Peter. It's I Peter. knew you'd get it. Yeah, You're a okay. pastor after all, right? You got it. Um, but, yeah. but you know, it's yes, it's Peter. And, and you know, to, to, to just highlight a few other P- Peter characteristics, um, if I would have kept giving clues, they would have included um, that he is uh, one of those three that follows Jesus during those special times yep. in, his, in his ministry, right? Along with with uh, James and John, uh, Peter, impulsive. It seems like he'll he'll act and speak sometimes before he actually thinks things through. Um, and Peter too, I think uh, we see again and again has kind of a tough time listening. Tough time listening to Jesus, and I think that's going to become important today. Um, and, and when we think about G- Peter and those characteristics, you know, a follower of Jesus, and you know, maybe a little impulsive, maybe t- tough has a tough time listening. I think maybe. Uh, we can identify a little with Peter, right? You know, a faithful disciple, you know, follower of Jesus, but yet uh, far from perfect, and sometimes have a, has a tough time listening, listening specifically even to Jesus. Um, and maybe we can identify with Peter. So as we as we look at the the Transfiguration text, I want I want us to focus in on Peter especially today, and um, and look at him and, you know, what he does, what he says, what he doesn't do or doesn't say uh, here at the Transfiguration. All right? Um, so be, be, Before yeah, we do John. that, though, I'd just like to share a, a comment, a thought that I had, because it is interesting, like you said, that these guys get singled out, Peter, James, and John. Uh, and, and I think we speculate, well, why? Why does he single them out? And you're going to certainly focus on why he singles out Peter. But but I always thought, you know, the thing with James is he's going to be the first one to be martyred. Uh, and, and so you're thinking, well, you're almost wasting this. <laughs> why are you showing James all this stuff? He's not even going to be around to tell anybody. And yet I think that's precisely why James gets to see all of these things. Because, you know, if you're the first guy martyred, that's really rough. 
<laughs> yeah. You know, oh, after a few people have been martyred, then it's like, okay, I guess this is what we should expect. In fact, Jesus kind of warned us that this is the way the life of a disciple would be, that we'd follow in his footsteps, take up his cross. But I, th- I think he gave those extra signs to, to, to James because he knew James would need those for his uh, faith. Uh, and then, of course, the same thing with John. John's just the opposite. He's going to be the last man standing. And so all the more reason that he needs to have seen all these things because he's going to be witnessing until the end of all apostles about what's going on. And so now it'll be interesting to say, well, why maybe uh, was Peter singled out to get to see these special signs? So I'm, I'm excited, Matt. Uh, where do we need to go here? Good, good. Okay, well, let, let's jump into the text. If you could read, um, again, Matthew chapter 17, uh, verses 1 through 8. Let's go ahead and read the whole thing. And after six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. He was still speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard it, they fell on their faces and were terrified. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise and have no fear. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. Yeah, thanks, John. Uh, so just to, to walk through this a little bit, uh, they, they're up on this mountain. Uh, Jesus picks Peter, James, and John, and then he, Jesus is transfigured. Well, what what in the world does that even mean? He's transfigured. So the, the Greek word used there is um, the metamorphite. So that's where we get the English word metamorphosis, right? So yes. he is. His, yeah. So so that's kind of a cool connection. So this this metamorphosis, this change, this transfiguration especially in Jesus' appearance, his face shining, his, his clothing bright, and uh, you know, a small glimpse of, of Jesus' glory as, as who he is as the Son of God. Um, and then, you know, to add to the glory here, to add to the remarkable uh, nature of this, this Mount of Transfiguration, we have two guys, Moses and Elijah, appear there, right? Um, which is incredible, these Old Testament figures. Um, and... You know, the law, the prophets, you know, Moses, we think of the law and then Elijah, the prophets and the whole Testament scriptures, the, all the Hebrew scriptures pointing ahead to this Messiah, this promised one. Here he is. It's Jesus Christ. If there was any doubt about it, you know, here it is. He's the one. Um, what what I think is interesting, though, is we have this 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 detail where Moses and Elijah appear and um, Jesus is speaking with them. You know, and I always wonder, what right. were they talking about, right? Moses and Elijah and, and Jesus just kind of chatting, they're talking, and uh, maybe they're encouraging <laughs> Jesus as he, you know, really starts to head to Jerusalem now. And, you know, but you wonder what they were talking about. And we just we just don't have that detail. But But getting back to Peter, it seems as though Peter interrupts their conversation kind of butts in, you know? <laughs> it does, does it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so here's Moses, Elijah, and Jesus Christ talking, and he interrupts. So you think, well, if you're going to interrupt those three, you, you have something pretty important to say, right? Well, yeah, yeah. here's what Peter says, you know, well, it's good that we're here. Uh, if you want me to, I'll, I can build three tents, one for you, Jesus, one for Moses, one for Elijah. <laughs> it's like, 
what <laughs> Peter was that really worth interrupting? Um, and I think one of the other gospels, John, if I remember right, that doesn't even say, you know, Peter doesn't didn't even know what he was saying, right? He's just kind of oh, looking yes, for yes, something yeah, yeah. to say. Um, and so he interrupts. Come on, Peter. Um, and you think about, well, why? Why is he building these these tents? And I think part of it is is what well, Peter Peter likes the glory. He likes what he sees here. He wants to prolong this mountaintop experience as long as he can. Uh, he knows what's at the bottom of the mountain. He knows how they've been, you know, their message has been rejected as they've traveled. And, you know, it's not easy you know, being a follower of Jesus. And he wants to prolong this glory uh, perhaps just as long as he can. So well, well and, and, you know, Jesus has told him, he's told him, is it one or two times by now that, that what's going to happen is he's yeah. going to go to Jerusalem and he's going to and, and Peter has already rejected that. You know, we've already had that story. Oh, that that won't happen to you, Lord. Yeah. Uh, 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 so you're right. Yeah. Peter is all uh, two two quick things. Yeah. You know, actually, what what is it, Luke or is it is it uh, 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 Mark that tell uh, that they were talking about his exodus. I remember yeah. that. Yeah, I can't remember the gospel. Yes. And they're talking about his exodus. And, and it is interesting that you talked about that being an encouragement to Jesus because uh, Max Lucado has a really beautiful sermon on this text. And and uh, he points out that, yeah, this is probably as much for Jesus as it was for the disciples because yeah. he's got a, you know, it's one thing to talk about being human. It's another thing when you face your death as a human, and that's going to be an incredibly. If, if it's hard for Peter to accept that, uh, imagine what it is for Jesus to uh, be in that garden and realize, oh, oh, this is it. Uh, now everything that I have come for, I'm going to have to do, and it won't be easy. But but anyway, yeah, yeah, it, it is interesting that Peter just stops the whole f- flow of the conversation. Well, he's probably. Don't you think, Maddie's afraid? Oh, they're they're going to. Say goodbye and leave. No, no, we, we want to keep this. Yeah. Yep. Keep it going. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I like how you brought up, you know, Peter already had talked about, oh boy, I don't know about this death stuff. We'll, we'll come back to that in, in just a second. That's a great point. Yeah. So, so Peter, you know, sort of interrupts her conversation. And then what I love even more is God interrupts Peter. The father does, you know, verse uh. five. While he was still, Peter was still speaking when a voice from the cloud said, so I mean, Peter's (laughs) mid-sentence, he's still speaking. And God the Father speaks from this cloud that had overshadowed them. And the Father interrupts Peter now and says, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased, right? And, And those words are familiar, right? When else were those words spoken, John? A baptism, the baptism, baptism, which so, we just had a few weeks ago, too. Exactly. Yeah. So in the, in the other Gospels, we read about Jesus' baptism, and the Father says the exact same thing, right? Uh, this is my Son with whom I'm well pleased. But then the Father adds three words here the Transfiguration. He, he adds to that, listen ah. to him. Listen to him. Yep. yep. And I, I think that's, you know, isn't that interesting that after after peter interrupts <laughs> you know the father reminds peter and, and us too right listen to him peter right um stop stop blabbing open ears and listen to him um and i wonder yeah go ahead john I was just going to say, I, I just love this. I just love this because I'd never thought of it that way. Because because actually, wouldn't you want to kind of hear what Moses and Elijah and Jesus are talking about? You would think to so. The opportunity. Of, yeah. yeah. 
but but, he, but he's all focused on himself, isn't he? He's just focused on himself. Yes, he is. Uh, yes, he and, is. and it's a shame because now apparently none of them were really listening because other than the fact they spoke about their exodus, man, it would be nice to know what that conversation was. So. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, we we know. Yeah, exactly. We're talking about the exodus, Jesus' exit, and you know everything that's going to happen in his passion. But yeah, all the specifics of the congregation conversation. Yeah, it would be great to know. Uh, but that's because of stupid Peter interrupting the whole conversation. No, we could have had more yeah. recorded here in the Gospels, Peter. Why did you do that? Um, but I, I, I do wonder if, if those words even kind of cut Peter to the heart, right? Listen to mm. him. Because I, I wonder if he thinks back to those times when he, he had it, even earlier. And you kind of alluded to that already, John. So we have in, in chapter 16 of Matthew, just a few verses before the transfiguration, it seems to be six days earlier, not that long ago. Mm. Remember, yeah. uh, Jesus is really specific about what's going to take place, right? Um, so if you don't mind, John, chapter 16, beginning with verse 21, here's where, where Peter fails to listen yet again, if you could read that. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me, for you're not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. Yeah, so, so here it was, this days earlier, it seems, that... Jesus gets specific, real specific about what's going to take place. Going to Jerusalem, suffering, right? Rejection, um, killed, raised on the third day. And what does Peter say? Well, this will never happen to you. So a failure to listen. Come on, Peter. You know, he's preoccupied with his own plans for Jesus, his own agenda, and he doesn't listen. Um, he doesn't want to hear about suffering. He doesn't want to hear about being killed for sure. Um but oh, you know that man i'm sorry because yeah. it just occurred to me maybe that's why he interrupted because they were talking about the death the exodus and the suffering. exactly yeah. yeah yeah and and i never thought of it. and that's why oh no we don't want to talk about that oh man matt that's a really nice thought yeah that you, you've got going there yeah that's I like why we that. want to build the yeah because no no we don't want to do that Oh, okay. Wow. All right. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, because we, we talk about sometimes the theology of the cross and the theology of glory, right? And so it yeah. seems like there on, on the Mount of Transfiguration, uh, Jesus, Moses, and Elijah, perhaps are talking about more of a theology of the cross, right? The suffering that's going to mm. take place, the yeah. exodus that Jesus is going to undergo. And yet, you know, Peter, in this case, boy, he's, he's after a theology of glory. He wants to ignore that. No, don't talk about that, guys. Let's let's talk about building some tents and just staying up here in the glory for a while on this mountaintop. Um, so exactly, but but you know, but Jesus knows better, right? He knows that's not how salvation yeah. works. This is why he came to this earth was to to suffer and to die. Um, you know, there's there's no resurrection without death first. There is no glory without the cross. There's no mountaintop experiences if there's not valleys, too. That's the way it works for Jesus, and that's that's the way it's going to work for Jesus' followers. And, and Peter, you know, eventually is going to find that out, right? Um, so again, listen to him. Listen to him. And I think, you know, for us, what an important message, too. 
Um, because I think we're like Peter. Um, we're, we're slow to listen sometimes. We've got our own plans. We've got our own agendas. We know, you know what's best for us in our lives. And, and uh, you know, we might even think we know better than Jesus and his word sometimes. But that, that same admonition for us, listen to him. Because, you know, in our Christian walk, uh, if we're not listening to Jesus, who are we listening to? <laughs> um, because, boy, there's a lot of people that there are a lot of voices out there that want us to listen to them. And we think of just you know, things like social media and Facebook and Twitter and politicians and news networks and uh, commercials and ads. And, and the list goes on and on and on. People that want us to listen to them. And yet, you know, that one voice breaks through everything. The voice of the father. And he says, this is my son. Listen to him. Listen to Jesus. Uh, those words are just as true for us uh, as they were for Peter there on that Mount of Transfiguration. And, yeah, any and, other comments, and, you know, it's inter- Well, it's interesting that the, the, the word there in the Greek is in the present. It's a present imperative, yeah. which means it's an ongoing thing. It has to be done all the time. It's not like you do it once and then you're finished. It just has to be something that goes on day to day. Uh, and, and are you going to comment on the fact what a difference it would have made if Peter had listened to Jesus in the future uh, when Jesus comes and says, you know, you're going to deny me three times? Yeah. You yeah. know, if he'd listened to that, then things might have gone differently because he would have said, oh, Lord, please help me, you know, deliver me from that. But, of course, he, he didn't listen there either, did he, Matt? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, hard-headed Peter. Come on, Peter. What does it take for you to listen? What does it take for you to learn your lesson? And then we, we examine ourselves and we think, well, boy, I'm just as terrible at listening to Jesus as Peter is. <laughs> you know, yeah, and, yeah. You know and, and he's so many promises in God's word and, you know, and, and his, his presence and his love and his forgiveness. And yet, you know, so often we, we doubt those promises and we, we doubt God's word and we just don't, we don't listen, you know. And, and whether it's that word of gospel or the word of law, you know, God's, you know, Jesus knows what he's talking about. You know, he knows what's best for us in our lives. And yet, you know, we, we refuse to listen. And so I think, you know, as we, as we come to this season of Lent, I think this is a good lesson for us too, because, you know, now is time to listen. Now is time to, to come in repentance, to have, pray for that change of heart and mind, uh, to, to turn to Christ and, and to, to listen anew, right? Uh, to listen anew to his word, his words of law, his words of gospel, uh, especially uh, during this season of Lent. You know, I think too, you know, that, that one phrase, you know, listen to your heart. Sometimes we're encouraged to do that. Um, and, and, you know, to recognize too during Lent, the reality that no, our heart is, is full of evil, you know, as imperfect people. Um, Psalm 51, uh, that, I think that's, that's one place to look. You know, David prays for a clean heart, right? So, so often what comes out of our heart, what our heart tells us is, is rarely good. Um, you know, I, I mentioned that in my sermon on Transfiguration Sunday. One of our worshipers came out of worship and said, you know, I'm going to have to rethink that because sometimes, you know, sometimes I, you know, I say that. Listen to your heart. Um, and, and even that, no, um, instead of listening to our own hearts, let's, let's listen to the words of Christ. Let's listen to Jesus. What does he say? Uh, this is the Father's Son. Listen to him. And just encourage our listeners to do that anew uh, during this time of Lent. 
And, 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 you know, I think, Matt, it's interesting because, uh, like you say, Jesus is out of the heart and then he lists all the kind of evil things, you know, adultery, stealing, whatever. So, yeah, probably you don't want to listen to your heart. Yep. Uh, uh, but if you listen to Jesus, sure, some of his words are really hard about our sinfulness, about the suffering and the death that will come from that. But, but when you listen, you also have these beautiful words that Jesus would speak to Peter later, that even though he denied him three times, he said, guess what? Peter, you, you're still going to feed my sheep, tend my sheep, uh, tend my lambs, you know, because uh, that's the chief word you're going to hear from Jesus is about how we are forgiven and we are restored in him. Amen. You know, and I was thinking, too, of, you know, ahead to Good Friday, um, when Jesus speaks those words from the cross now to the Father himself, the Father that just spoke from the cloud of transfiguration, and what does he say from the cross? You know, Father, forgive them. You know, these words of forgiveness that Jesus speaks from the cross. So I encourage our listeners to listen to that word, too, of Jesus, because that word is, is spoken not only for those at the cross that day, but for us who in faith come to the cross as well as, as Jesus speaks back to the Father. Father, forgive them. So listen to him. Listen to those words of Jesus. All right. Well, thanks, John, for that, that recap of the transfiguration. And again, thank you to our listeners. This has been Wrestling with the Basics. <laughs>